What a fascinating yet challenging time to be a leader. And in this Leading by Nature series, I interview pioneering leaders from diverse organizations, exploring future fit leadership and organizational development. I'm Giles Hutchins, executive coach, senior advisor and author of many books, the latest being Leading by Nature, which explores the inner nature and outer nature of the organization and the inner and outer nature of the leader as they journey toward regenerative futures. Welcome to the Leading by Nature podcast with myself, Giles Hutchins, and my guest today, Charmaine Nihal, Finance and Operations Director at the global charity World Benchmarking Alliance. Thank you, Charmaine, for being here with me today. Thanks for having me, Giles. I'm really happy to be here with you. Well, we're going to dive straight in, as we always do. And if you could start, Charmaine, by sharing a little bit about WBA's reason for being, its, its passion and its purpose. Um, so as the World Benchmarking Alliance, our mission is basically to build a movement to measure and incentivize businesses um, to impact towards sustainable future in which most of us can or everyone can work in. Um, more than anything, we envision a society that values success of a business based on their contribution to the world. Um, and a lot of the time, I think I find it so hard to kind of in a concise way put to my friends and family what the purpose of the organization is so in my own words I would summarize as, as um, it is the the feng shui of the world we basically try to um, measure and rank businesses on their performance on their SDGs and on the sustainability um, just to make sure that at least the world is a better place in some way when businesses take accountability for the impact they have on the world. Yeah, and it's right in, I like that, the feng shui of the world is helping the world just flow a bit more with the way it should do. And we're going to come yeah. on to flow a bit more um, as we get with this conversation. Um, I'd just like to start by asking you a bit about, you know, it's obviously interesting times at the moment uh, in mm. the world, very volatile, all sorts going on. I mean, uh, but uh, for a global charity in particular, what are you experiencing? What's the terrain that you're having to be exposed to in the world at the moment? I think um, basically because we also as an organization, we are quite young. Uh, we're finding ourselves at a point where we are moving from like a toddler phase to a little bit of a a, a little grown up um, and even in that there's a bit of a different terrain that we are kind of finding our way and working through. A lot of the time I've seen that um, now only the ranking organizations are getting more and more popular um, and I've seen this is also based on the fact that a lot of business in general is moving towards now being aware of the fact that they need to look at the impact they look at they need to look at the sustainability and um, the effects thereof of their own businesses and also coming from investor demand I guess also most investors are looking for sustainable organizations to invest in and it's becoming more and more meaningful for organizations like WBA to exist um, in this terrain currently, in our phase, uh, we're looking for quite a bit of funding and trying to find our feet. Um, but I'd say WBA has established itself quite well 
in the few years of its existence. And we're trying to just grow ourselves um, within our footprint and, and just to continue making that impact. Yeah. I think you've been a little modest there as well. I think I, um, my, my experience um, from uh, organizations that have come and engaged with your organizations, I think it's, it's, it's world-class, you know, it's doing a lot of really good work out there and, and providing these benchmarks across sectors is, is hugely yeah. valuable. Yes. Um, you talk about it being sort of, you know, growing up uh, as a system and it's actually grown very fast, hasn't it? I mean, you've now got it has. over a hundred staff um, quite yes. quickly all around the world all different generations, multi-generational. Now, an organization like that growing in such a volatile landscape mm. with trying to ensure that it has the right values and purpose, what would you say are some of the challenges? How does WBA try and embody, try and encourage people to embody the values and the purpose on a day-to-day? And what is, what's your own experience been since you've been at the organization? That's a good question. So as an organization, we try to walk the talk as one would say because we we can't be out here holding trying to hold companies or businesses accountable whereas we are not leading by example so we try as far as possible to do that and finding ourselves in the landscape that we're in where we're a global organization with a a physical office presence in only two locations um, mainly in Europe so in London as well as in Amsterdam um, we try as far as possible to create an environment where um, everyone in the organization feels as though they belong, they feel included, and um, they're able to thrive, basically, in the work that they're doing. Um, I think the biggest thing that we're looking at is to have representation in at least um, the footprint where our SDG 2000 companies are based. That way it gives us a broader perspective and we're able to, to have some sort of relation as well, even if it's just regional, um, to the organizations or the companies that we benchmark. I mean, so you yourself, uh, where are you based just for the, for, for the listener? I mean, obviously <laughs> I, I know where you're based, but where are you and how, how's that working out for you? So I am, I am based in South Africa, in Johannesburg, and I've been working remotely, basically, would say, what, 90% of the time, if I'm not traveling to or from um, Amsterdam um, and in between. So, yeah, for me, it's worked quite well. It wasn't easy. Um, it was quite a huge mind shift. It was a big learning path for me. Um, but I think based on the support that I received within the organization because of the structures that are there for support, um, I was able to work through it and, and basically come into my own. But it, it, it's, it's quite something. I mean, we have what we call a teal culture, which works on um, the three pillars of wholeness, self-management and uh, revolutionary purpose. All of those terms were very foreign to me <laughs> before I started at WBA. Um, so just coming to terms with it and having to work with myself through all of that was, was quite a journey. It's been quite a journey and it is a journey that's continuing. Would you say that, how has that shaped, how, how has it shaped you as a person as well as a leader? Wow, Giles, it, it has actually helped me get to know myself a lot better. 
um, I was telling a colleague um, just recently that until I stepped into WBA, like a few months into it, I, I was one of those people who would, in inverted commas, code switch very easily, mastered it, I would say. Nice, I'd step into an environment, put a mask on, and I'm able to engage and happily go through it. Um, but with, with WVA, I had to adjust and realign and become more of myself, you know? And for that to happen, you have to discover yourself. So it took me on quite a journey that I'm still on um, and I'm happy to go on because then at least I, I stayed true to my virtues and my values. Well, isn't this special? We're, we're actually going to work and it's encouraging us to discover more of ourselves because so often workplaces for so many people are places that actually numbers. And that mean that when we come out of work to spend time with our family, we're actually worse for it. But what I'm hearing mm -hmm. here and what I sense from my own experiences at WBA is you're actually creating an environment that's actually helping us become better with other members of the family and a life beyond work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm even hearing it from my friends and my family, my husband, um, that I'm a, I'm a lot lighter, you know, and, and that lightness comes from just being myself, not having to carry all these different energies. It takes a lot, you mm, know, to code switch through the day. Um, and I'm less stressed. I'm, I'm a lot more present, both at work and at home. Um, a lot more grounded, I would say, because then I'm, I'm also at a point where I'm embracing my background, I'm embracing where I come from, and I'm happily working through all of that. Um, yeah, and the support that is within the environment where we try to create a psychologically safe environment, I would say that was definitely created for me when I stepped in, and it enabled me to, to thrive in that sense. But at the same time, it's de developmentally challenging. Yes. So I know I'm learning. I know I'm open to, to growing in that sense. Yeah, it's lovely. And to hear, you know, you talk about it, actually lightening, freeing. I, I call them protection rackets. You know, we've got all these little sort of stories running around our heads, voice in the head, mm. trying to manage others' impressions of ourselves. And it takes so much energy. Um, actually, they're recognizing now it's one of the single biggest inefficiencies in organizations today is all of this energy that's going into managing others impressions these you know protection rackets and what you're saying is actually by letting go of that and integrating more of who we truly are on that journey towards wholeness not only is it lightening making us more available and therefore better able to make decisions better able to deal with volatility and complexity but actually just making making us better humans more purposeful so you recognize one of those threads there as well as psychological safety, but also developmentally challenging, allowing us to grow, to learn. Um, mm -hmm. Before we talk a bit more about that, I just want to acknowledge what you um, said there also about embracing our own diversity. Now, I know you have a framework for appreciating differences within WBA. Uh, yes. How would and it's obviously very topical at the moment? There's loads of talk around Jedi and diversity inclusion. But if we boil it down to sort of the practicalities, how does one um, how does one actually allow a framework for appreciating differences to, to work in practice? Um, so, so how the framework came about was actually through a, a very profound word, which is Ubuntu, which is of African origin. And it, in, in Zulu, loosely translated is I am because you are. And with that, if we had to practically translate it into our organization, it's even with the brown bags that we did, it's basically um, 
it starts with the acknowledgement of the other the acknowledgement of the existence of the other so i see you as giles i acknowledge that you exist then from that is the acknowledgement of the uniqueness of the other right because now that i see you i realize how unique you are how different you are from me then once i have acknowledged all of that i start appreciating the differences between the two of us nice. because i understand that we each contribute something different and unique which ultimately leads to a successful goal so if i help you become successful it takes absolutely nothing away from me and if you help me become successful it takes absolutely nothing away from you well not only is it just sort of like no no negative impact but it's actually regenerative it's not just positive impact yes. it's regenerative because not only is it, it it helps each of you but it also the space between you allows co-creativity to flow and that's how that's the life force of the organization exactly and i think more than anything we we re-energize each other if i come with different ideas then it's you're learning you're sharp you become a lot more alert if we are all singing the same song and kumba yaying and everything is happy and normal and harmonized then it becomes a lot harder to actually grow there's no room for growth in that sense right so as soon as we within the organization start living from self and realizing the existence of the other and then working to towards that and being more collaborative working together um and learning from each other there's a lot of growth that happens within and that also speaks to our learning environment that we're trying to create within the organization as well yeah i mean one of the things i talk about is in nature we often talk about synergies but we also mm. get dinergies which is where you get differences and it's the differences create tensions which can feel uncomfortable to the ego and sometimes there's sort of positive psychology you know the story is oh no well don't do that if it's difficult move away from it no instead work through that allow the tension to be a crucible for something to unfold and that is a impelling force of creation the organization so ubuntu you talked about it powerful um i i've always had a deep admiration for africa and it's a whole massive continent with all sorts of different um feelings and and, and streams within it but for me there's something about deeper humanity there's something about connectedness to life mm. which in itself is at the heart of the regenerative principle of working the way life works and allowing that flow of life to happen through it so it's really a powerful vehicle to bring into a living organization and you mentioned brown bags for instance and some people yes. might not know what you mean but give us an example of sort of tools or things that you're using to help bring it alive okay so um i had a feeling you'd ask this so also just for for our listeners brown bags are almost like workshops where we bring everyone in the same the same space and we kind of take them through this process um what it entails what it looks like the source of it and how we can practically kind of bring it to life so i'll give you an example that i did with our board members supervisory board members this was the first time we had an in person board meeting in uh, amsterdam first time ever for wba which was quite special and we were all in the same room and we did the candle exercise so um how it goes is everyone has a candle 
every candle is unique, different colors, different sizes, um, yeah, different shapes. And basically when you, then what I did is I put um, a lighter. We were all standing in a circle. Everyone has their own unique candle, standing with a lighter in the room. And then um, I told everyone, I gave the instruction that everyone has 20 seconds to make sure that everyone's candle in the room is lit. And um, in that 20 seconds, they basically had to figure out how they're going to light their candles, but at the same time doing the action as well. It took a little bit over 20 seconds, but once they figured it out, it, it happened and it was quite uh, beautiful to see. But the point of that, then we have a reflective moment from that, right? Okay, so what did you notice from this exercise? How did it make you feel? And in that, what is the conclusion? So a lot of the things that came out from that was initially, everyone just wanted, all they wanted to do is just light the candles. So some were even waiting for the next person to pass the lighter. And then eventually they, they kind of figured out, hey, there's like five or six other candles lit already. Why don't we just light each other's candles? right? Um, so that was the one realization that came up that actually a lot of us went into this with an individualistic mindset. Although we all had the same a common goal, but we all had our own way of trying to get to it without really communicating and, and then sharing the light amongst us instead of all trying to write, light the, 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 the lighter. Um, and, and that was firstly the first point of it that as much as we are all unique each different candle has the same light right so we all have at some point a common purpose then you sharing your light you sharing your talents you sharing your knowledge you sharing your experiences with the next person actually makes them a little brighter as well so it helps them grow but then also it doesn't take or it doesn't dim your light at all, right? And then that's the commonality there. And then the other thing that we concluded on is um, that we are able to appreciate the uniqueness and the brightness that each of these candles is adding to the room. So together, it was a, the room is a lot brighter and... Um, and it, it actually was warm because there was a lot of people working together. Um, and yeah, so that, that, that was basically how we would practically bring this into an organization where we demonstrate and, and, and illustrate how working together, um, having that sense of Ubuntu and feeling that connectedness as humans can work to our advantage. And you have that in the organization. I felt it. And recently, your leadership team came here and I've actually, you know, you're now coming to, to Springwood Farm and, and you had a, a nice camping overnight experience here a couple of days. And you've also now individually coming here. I've actually got one of your directors coming here tomorrow and a couple coming next week. Um, so tell me that experience of connecting. What, what, what happened? What was your Springwood experience? How did that feel from a Ubuntu experience? 
it was something unexpected. I have to be honest with you, Giles. I was nervous getting going to the woods. <laughs> we, it's it's now known as the woods in the organization. Um, I was nervous because I didn't know firstly what to expect. As much as you and I had had a conversation um, prior to that, and I I was fairly new to the executive team. Um, and we could say fairly new to the organization. You know, I had been there for a few months. Um, it was just a little over a year. So a lot of my expectations were, were quite negative in the sense of I've got no idea what to expect. But whatever happens there, I've, I'm coming in with an open mind, open heart and a willingness, you know, to, to go through the process. And I would say it was life-changing, um, personally and professionally, um, in the sense that it, you, the, you've created an environment where I personally felt psychologically safe to share my learning edge, for example, which I had never vocalized to anyone. And to be able to do that with a group of people that you work with in my history and what I'm used to is very taboo. But the fact that the environment was open enough and everyone was sharing their learning edges helped us optimize as a team. And it's helping us work closer together because we understand how we each function, right? And in my personal capacity in me saying it, it changed my, my my life like it's pushed me to a point where I realize okay if this is my developmental challenge if this is my learning edge I need to then start working on it because it's something that had been sitting there but not really paying attention to it ignoring it and moving on but not realizing that it is also kind of holding me back yeah and, and back to the candle analogy by actually sharing it with everybody and bringing it out rather than it being kind of a, a sort of scary revealing or something actually that the can the room is brighter and, and they're there to help they actually are helping encourage uh, on courage you to have the courage to actually work on this very thing that you would otherwise be slightly pushing to one side so you know it's, it's exactly it's, yeah, it's ubuntu in action you know? yes and and bringing it together as a team we actually realized that each of our learning edges actually contributes as some sort of strength towards the team holistically, which was very amazing to, to kind of get to. Yeah. Well, it's been a real pleasure um, connecting with you and, and journeying with you. You're, you're a lovely soul and your, your story is a very rich one, probably for another podcast discussion at some time, how your own journey through the townships and, and now working for a global charity. Any little tips that you might want to leave other listeners with about your journey? How much time do you have, Giles? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, I have a few. I think based on my journey, and this is these are tips based on my personal journey. Obviously, they could work for some and not really for others. But I think more than anything, the first thing is to always have a North Star. Um, there always has to be that one thing that you believe in that you can always go back to um, when you feel like you feel a bit misaligned or you need a bit of grounding. So that's the first thing, have a North Star, have the one thing that you believe in. 
understand it fully and that can be the one thing that you always go back to. Um, the second thing is remaining teachable. If you're alive, if you have comprehension and the willingness is there, you can learn. And if you are learning, you are growing. So um, that's, that's definitely my second one. And the next one, also based on my background, where I come from and who I basically am, is always take people with you, always take someone with you. Um, what's the point of having all this knowledge, all this experience, all this talent, if you don't share it, if you don't pass it on, if you don't use it as a guide to bring, to, you know, to create, help create the next generation of learn, uh, of, of leaders and change makers. Um, so yeah, always have your hand kind of looking back to carry the next person forward. Uh, second last one, I promise, <laughs> is always remain in gratitude. Always yeah, be thankful. Um, gratitude helps you stay present. Gratitude helps you um, appreciate. Gratitude helps you progress. So staying present, being in gratitude is always one of my best. And the one I read recently and it resonated with me so much and I'm like carrying it now and like sharing it with everyone is um, you have to honor and stay present in your potential. And I found that so profound because a lot of the time we're always focusing on what we've achieved and what we're planning on achieving, but we, we hardly ever look at that gap of the potential. And a lot of the time I realized um, I'm where I am because someone saw yeah. potential, yeah. you know, in the journey. Um, so honoring your potential helps you also stay present and honoring your potential helps you to keep growing. I love that. And the potential also has a coming into being with it. It has this yes. dynamism to it, which also relates to enthusiasm. I, like, I love your expression, sort of remaining teachable, you know, be open, having that curious, enthusiastic nature to life. You know, it's, it's lovely. Look, really great conversation. Much more we can be discussing. And who knows, maybe next year um, we, can, we can relive um, and, and go into more about your personal life as a journey as a leader. Thank you so much, Charmaine, for this conversation. Thanks for having me, Giles. This was actually very good. And I appreciate your time. And uh, I love your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. For more on Leading by Nature, you can follow me, Giles Hutchins, on LinkedIn and visit gileshutchins.com for free downloads of tools and practices for regenerative leadership and future fit business. Also, watch out for my latest book, Leading by Nature, The Process of Becoming a Regenerative Leader.